0: Welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 121. The odd numbered episodes are for me. They are for me and me alone for right now. Um, but like I said, we're the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, and if you want to find us on the internet. You can go over to Twitter and go to WS Marvel Comics, where if you follow us, we'll follow you back 100%. You can yakity yak, don't talk back, but I'd like you to talk back. I'd like you to talk to me. Uh, I do want to point out that that was Silly Relish doing that intro song. You know, teen pop sensation, Silly Relish. Is, is that it's, right? It's all wrong. That is all wrong. <laughs> that is not right. We also have a website that is com, where we uh, review almost every book that comes out each week. Most of the reviews drop on 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday new comic book day and we also have a patreon account at patreon.com slash weird science where you can go and support us for this podcast the two a week now Uh, also the dc podcast if you listen to that as well but if you go over to the patreon.com slash weird science you're not just gonna blindly give us money uh you will end up being able to sign up different levels and we do a lot of shows for each level trying to you know get everybody a bang for their buck is what Are we want to nuts? do i am nuts we do a lot of shows i i don't get a lot of sleep anymore and even as i'm doing this because i want to get this done for thursday uh, i said during me and brandon's week end edition podcast that happens to come out on monday which doesn't really Does make sure that doesn't compute but i said i i'd like to have this podcast out there so that people can listen to it at work on Friday, finish up the work week, get ready for the weekend. You know, everybody's working for the weekend is what Loverboy told me way back when. And I still believe it. I would never think that Loverboy would lie ever, ever, ever. This
1: is all wrong. That
0: is true. I mean, I I know, Greta, you told me that already. Uh, And just because you win person of the year doesn't mean you can just interrupt me on the podcast. I mean, really have some manners. Uh, my friend. Are you nuts? Oh no! Now Daffy's doing it again. We do have that Patreon, and each week we do a Patreon spotlight. Like me and Brandon do two books that are picked by the bed butts of the Fresh Start crew. Beep boop. And these are Spider Man 2099 Number One and Doom 2099 Number One. So we had a a partying like it was 2099 deal once again. And that's about it. That's about it for the beginning there. Uh, obviously it's me. Me, myself, and I, De La Soul, And I'm going to go off and we're going to do a couple books We're going to do Amazing Mary Jane, number three And Punisher Soviet, number two And then in between, have a little news item Which, I don't know, you end up having Being said by C.B. uh, That it's the biggest news ever Since the last biggest news ever, right? That's usually <coughs> what they say uh, I wonder if this is the million seller. He, he said that he, he likes to try to hide. He likes to try to hide from the fact that he said that coming up was going to be a, a Marvel hundred, uh, million seller. Also, he likes to hide probably his costumes when he was trying to be Japanese. Uh, but that, that's just a little fun time. Not- <laughs> oh, thanks, Daffy. I got to get that off the soundboard if you're going to keep uh, busting in there. And I am. I got that off I you. I wish I could quit you. I wish I could, too. We're going to go off to the first book, which is The Amazing Mary Jane, number three. Usually when I'm by myself, I end up trying to rely on the sound effects because I don't have anybody to talk to. And then it becomes kind of a, you know, back and forth with me and the sound. Right? Right, Chewbacca? <laughs> he just said no. I don't know if anybody here speaks Wookiee, um, but that was a No. From Chewbacca saying you know we don't do that well, He told me to get on with it He said to not bother him anymore He's busy He's uh, getting a haircut and, and possibly his nails done And it's weird the the Wookiee language A lot can be said with just one growl It's one of the reasons why it's looked at As one of the most versatile languages In all of a galaxy far far away The amazing Mary Janes I almost said Spider-Man number three Is uh, it's a book, all right. It's written by Leah Williams, art by Carlos Gomez and Lucas Wernick. You have colors by Carlos Lopez and letter VCs, Joe Caramanga. And there's a really, really, really long, you know, intro synopsis recap. I'm going to skip. The first one that's just about, you know, Mary Jane and the Spiders, man. And we'll go into what's going on now. The funding that flooded in when superstar director Cage McKnight announced he was making Down in Flames, Up in Smoke, working title. I mean, really, are we going to end up getting sued here? You better watch out if you're going to do Up in Smoke. Uh, A movie about the life of Spider-Man, supervillain Mysterio dried up when a video of Cage acting more like, well, Mysterio leaked from the set. Yeah, he was yelling at a guy because the guy was being awful to Mary Jane and basically accusing Mary Jane of sleeping with Cage to get her role. So I don't know. I I think that it was a little justified to get him off the set. And also they just had people with cell phones just hanging around. I don't know what these people were doing. Uh, So uh, the one thing that Mysterio did not know or understand is a closed set. Uh, But he says Mysterio is in disguise. Mary Jane is the only one who knows, but far from the only one invested The production is packed with newcomers Rejects and outsiders So we're only getting this shot Because Mysterio's given it to them MJ rolled up her sleeves And found an unconventional investor Right before Mysterio's former cohort And crime vulture Attacked us up with the new Savage Six And with that You end up having this book And it says it's a Mary Jane book Right? So you expect a lot of Mary Jane In this issue you do get some Mary Jane A lot of her driving around she ends up giving a producer's credit, which is great for her. I mean, way to go, gal! Uh, there, it's just this book is—I I don't know or can't figure out really what I can do to describe who should get this. It's one of the conundrums I have for the night: is who is this written for? Who is it for? Who, who would enjoy this? And I guess if you're just really, really hurting for a Mary Jane book and wants something that Mary Jane is going to. You know, be smart, act, uh, because she is here. It's just the whole idea of this. You have a lot of little things thrown in. There's the idea of a couple, you know, issues in a row where it just was funding and try to get this funding. And I don't really watch a ton of movies. I I really don't want to see the production of one and worrying about how we're going to get the funding. That's not anything that I want to see unless it's fun. And this really isn't fun. And some people may argue with me that this book is fun. I don't find it fun. What you end up getting is a lot of scenes thrown together, uh, a couple things that could be fun. If I describe them in general, I think that you might think they're fun. But when you're actually reading it on the page, not a lot of fun. And the other part is, and it even hints at that recap, something that I wish it was centered on is the fact that a disguised Mysterio is you know disguised as the director cage is giving a lot of people a second chance he keeps doing this they end up losing some crew in this issue, and he gets some new crew and they end up you know getting a second chance. These are former villains it's spelled all out already um that's interesting to me, and that's a cool thing to kind of you know give Mysterio a little more of a you know fleshed out character showing that. He himself doesn't always get all the respect that he should. And they people look at him as, you know, like all villains, you, you don't get a second chance, especially in a universe like this with superheroes and, and all these things. Yeah, they don't normally go to jail for very long, but they end up going right back. And if you're going to have that, I mean, that might be an interesting story about the idea, almost like a meta type deal of the idea. What are these villains going to do? Yeah. Like I said, they don't end up. In jail for very long but they're also not getting hired anywhere so they get out of there one day in jail you know for murder and then I mean, really isn't that a little too long uh, for that and they they have to just go back to the moida because they don't have anything better but in a atmosphere like a movie set and in hollywood i it's like holly weird isn't it isn't that what they call it where you, you do have a little more openness and things like that but you you don't get enough i'm already going way too more into this than leah williams does uh because you had the savage six they attack and they're just yelling vultures saying he wants to have some of this money coming his way for his likeness he's acting like he's in a madden football game or something or an nba 2k and you know he's yelling And there is Mysterio again, Mysterio. I'll just keep saying Mysterio, even though he is disguised as uh, the director cage. Uh, He's just like, no, 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 you can't come in here and just threaten us. This is about art. And And then Vulture goes down the line of how he thinks. That the savage six in their brutality isn't that art isn't violence an art form all in itself. Look at look at Rhino, magnificent, and boy, Tarantula, a true savant of torture techniques, as he's just jumping up on the scaffolding and kicking a light, and then hey, and don't forget Sturgeon, of course, a genius of violence and destruction. It just goes on. You have King Cobra mentioned, and then also. Vulture himself and they're just Wrecking the set they're just going Through the set and destroying it And again does that sound like fun Because maybe it does even have a Fake Wolverine I'll even throw in Some things that could be fun but it isn't that fun. The art is good. Everything, it just doesn't have that something. It just doesn't have that extra deal. Maybe some gags, maybe some jokes, maybe the idea that Vulture now sees the set and comes up with some idea for a shot, and Mysterio's like, wait a second, that's pretty good, and now they're all doing it, and he starts giving writing credits to almost every villain in the Marvel Universe. Now, that sounds like fun to me. Uh, but I'm uh, making that up that's just me doing that right now uh, but while this is going on you have Mysterio again being a good guy he's not a he's a bad guy but he's also a good guy here and he says to Mary Jane you guys get out of here i'll face these fools you know the, these fools on the set and that's nonsense of so them coming and ruin my art you know get out of town mary jane go get the van and go and leave and she's like okay and she gets in this van and they drive around and just basically pick up everybody that's on the set as Mysterio ends up fooling the Savage Six to think that they're in a desert and they're walking and they end up at Joshua Tree National Park, possibly meeting Bono on the edge, maybe on an anniversary of their Joshua Tree album, which is a great album. And I suggest you listen to it tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. You know, with this whole, we're already, you know, halfway, at least done. So now we get back to, oh, no, with that attack by the Savage Six, we have to relocate. We lost some days of shooting, which were already running low, and a lot of people quit. They don't want the hassle of possibly getting killed. That is their fault. It's all on them. They're babies, is is what we're finding out when you're doing a movie you, you have to plan on getting attacked by the Savage Six They don't have anybody So this is where you have Mysterio it's like, okay, well, I found this place that we're going to film in It's an old zoo The Savage Six, we set up some dupes So they won't know we're here And the Spider-Man, the guy playing Spider-Man in the movie He thinks it's haunted and he's getting scared Which is a foreshadowing to him quitting But the new crew is again A couple villains, a robot that I think is getting so much mention. I mean, really, who is Herbie's... Now, this is Herbie 1.05, but who's Herbie's agent? Because I got to get that agent. Because if I get I'll be everywhere, because Herbie is. So you end up having Screwball, who's now production manager. We have Herbie 1.05 as the new sound mixer. And Mr. Matrix will be director of photography. And he says... Thanks for the opportunity. You have Screwball doing a one-handed handstand with her legs, and Herbie's just there. So, again, it's one of these things where you keep going into a scene, and if you see, you know, you're going to see the page before you start reading it. I mean, that's kind of how it works. But you you see Herbie, you see a handstand, uh, you know, and Screwball. She's got a purple and, like, white or gray outfit on. She's got the purple hair. Which my wife that 's what she wants, midlife crisis is what I call it, and then you have you know Master Matrix, who looks pretty cool, but then you get into the scene, and there 's not even a crack of a smile by me what what 's happening This should be fun. Have these characters say stuff that you really you know have some fun with them, give them some character, give them some jokes, give them something, but they 're just there, and so they 're going to now film in this you know, abandon zoo, and it starts raining. So now they're upset because it's raining and they're going to miss more days. It's daylights running out. They're falling behind schedule. They're losing money. They're having all these issues. Now, another thing that comes into play up until this point is you end up having a Mr. Perna who I don't know, he's, you know, this kind of an older actor. He was in Bad fellas, you know, I think that's a joke The good fellas And he ends up being a guy Who plays like gangsters and things like that Obviously he also has a, a lollipop I would guess that he stops smoking But he also is a Kojak With the lollipop But he's got hair, so he's got a bonus It's bonus Kojak going down And so you have this, where he wants to be You know, try out for the movie He wants to be Vulture This is where Vulture was upset earlier Who's trying to play me I would guess that because they're pushing that this guy is so popular. He's such a popular actor. And he retired at one point because he said that it was no longer the art. It was no longer about that. He retired, and now he's back because he heard that Cage McKnight, who was Mysterio's disguise for being you know, the director, he he is a man that's an artiste. So he's going to get involved. And just really, and while this is going on, you have, uh, like I told you earlier, you end up having Mysterio lead the Savage Six out to a desert, and they're just walking. They end up at Joshua Park pissed, and I, I don't even get half of it. I'd just be pissed that I walked. Yeah, that exercise is for suckers. Um, but yeah, it's raining. They're in a cave. There's the suggestion that maybe we should do the recording indoors. Mysterio doesn't like it until he yells that he does. He yells, we're going to do this inside the caves so they're having this big scene where you do have the Spider-Man, which I said before, he was already saying this place was haunted. It might be haunted by his awful acting and forgetful lines. He can never remember a line. So he's not that good anyway. And so he ends up messing up a line and, you know, line. All right. It's it's you've gone too far this time, Mysteria, And now it's personal. All right. I'll say that. But as he says it, one of the lights falls from the scaffolding above and he says i'm done i quit i'm out of here and then you have mysterio ending with we can't finish the film without our spiders mans now there's other scenes in here that are eh, they're not okay i was gonna say they're okay they're decent enough you have mary jane where they have to cut some of the script because they have to cut days It's raining, they end up relocating All these things, so the script's too long now So they have to cut the script and what Mary Jane Suggests, hey, let's cut The romantic scene between My character and Mysterio, and Mysterio's like But wait a minute, that's your big scene that, That's the most of your lines, that's where you get to shine And you're so happy about that And she's like, no, 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 it's for the good of the movie And Mysterio's like, oh my She is a team player, let's get her Production credit, but even with that you're not getting anything. The other thing was the slight deal of, hey, uh, the caterer won't come here because I threatened him. That uh, speedball I was like, yeah, I called the caterer and said, they don't get here. I'm going to slice their throats and, and murder them. Oh, man, you shouldn't have done that. I guess I'm going to have to call Spider Man. And then Spider Man's going to send cloak and dagger with the food, which is one thing, and that's it. And then they're gone. No fun. No fuss, no muss is what there's nothing that's fun. And I don't understand. I don't understand why you were setting up this book in these scenarios to then have them all fizzle out because you don't want to spend time with them. And then you move on to the next scene that's not going to hit. And this book is Le Garbage is what they say in France. And not in Paris because they're too fancy there, but other places Bordeaux is that les and it is it's it's just there's no reason for it there's no reason, and when you're in it, if you're not even going to have a real reason for it, at least have fun. Have some jokes, have some things if you're going to set it in Hollywood, and that's your big thing. Give us some inside jokes, Leo Williams. if you know. Privy to some things or make up Some things of what villains would think of Hollywood or or have them show up mad Because there's always been 17 Avengers movies But yet not one Stegron movie You know do that talk about Hey uh, you know that Venom He keeps getting his own movies why can't I or Spider-Man it always Looks like a different guy you got a lot Of things you can play with especially the idea That you're a Marvel book And the Marvel you know the cinematic Universe is great, and you can poke fun at it, you can have some fun with this book, and nobody's having fun with it, unless you are out there listening, God bless you, if you are, and please, if you are, go to our Twitter, which I'll say is WS Marvel Comics. I don't even care if afterwards you quit our Twitter, and, and flip me off, let me know what's fun about this, because I want to do it, I can't crack the code, I really can't, I can't figure out what this is, so, with that, I, I already told you that I like the art. The art was good. I actually think that the art is really, really good. But there's just nothing to the script. It's, it's set up to be a comedy book, but yet there's not a joke in here that I laughed at. And then you're going to get like character moments slightly with Mysterio, but they're not enough. And they just get glossed over and you move on to the next scene. Then you're introducing more characters when you don't have time for any. The, the poor girl who ends up being the personal assistant that's running around. I mean, at this point, she's now on the set with blood as a victim in the movie. I mean, tell us about that. Have some fun with it. Nothing. She's just like, man, this blood is hard to get off. And it's, there's a lot. I mean, oh, so I'm giving this a three out of ten. and And that's with... Me giving the art a 4.5. So that that just shows you. I I, I hope you you got that math. And I, I hit the rim shot so that you can realize what I'm saying. But I hope you got it. But that's that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I did this knowing that Brandon would never want to talk about it. So you get me. Ranting and raving about it But we're going to move on Between the books We always have a little bit of news And that's what we're going to do Right now
1: Now it's time for Jim and the news Listening to Jim Is what I want to do He's talking solicits And very covers Before all the meat and the cheese That's from under and now it's tough for Jim and the news. And now it's tough for Jim and the news. And now it's tough for Jim
0: and the news Ah yes, it is time for the news, and this is just a little snippet of this week's Marvel News. If you want to hear more a more expanded news program. I do one on Patreon every Saturday afternoon. That includes Marvel, DC, and Indie Comics news. But this is going to be the one bit of news that dropped just today. Uh, it is Marvel unveils its earth-shattering 2020 event, Empire. And that earth-shattering is in quotes. And Empire is spelled E M P Y R E Y. ...because we love you. Marvel Comics has announced this big event of 2020 called Empire, and they're not going to give you any sort of news about the news here. They're not going to unveil anything, and in fact, I even have a sound effect that you might have heard if you listened to that intro song by Dancing Mike, and you would have heard the little (laughs) censor beep, because there's a lot of that in the story. And I'm not going to add to it by cursing or anything, because that's not what we do here. But yeah, it is called Empire. The way it is spelt, I'm guessing that it either has to do with vampires or maybe Russian rap groups. I hope the latter, but I think that maybe we're going to see a little of the Draculas going on. He's been hanging in Chernobyl, and maybe he's going to drop a rap album. It's dropping on Monday, and it's called Chillin' in Chernobyl. The Dracula way unveiled in a video, albeit with copious redactions. The buildup to the event will begin in December 26th. Incoming, I believe that's the Eve Ewing book that she's going to be doing that is going to lead to this empire with the event itself debuting in April. So this is the big thing, supposedly, you know, what is it? the The biggest thing since the last biggest thing. I know that these companies try to push these things, and I know it's their job. And and pretty much, they're they're flavor flave hype men trying to get the word out. But you can't call everything huge. You can't say everything's your greatest, and you can't say that you know they'll never top this one because you always do. Usually a week later, and it just gets ridiculous that everything is always the big thing. Empire is Marvel's most earth shattering event of 2020. Until we end up getting in the summer And we have the continuation Of the Null event then they'll say that's the biggest And they'll we'll have 50 of these Most earth shattering events And so yeah it really starts to Grind my gears as they say When they do that I mean just say listen we're really proud Of what we have coming out I think you'll dig it You could just say that because by the time Empire comes out I'm not going to sit there and say Oh you, you mean the editor in chief said it's good Well it must be good then, right? He, he wouldn't lie or say anything but the truth. If it was bad, C V Savolsky would tell us because he always tells the truth, eh, except when he's pretending to be Japanese, is, is what happens, you know? Hey, oh, goodness. And, and he goes on, and this is where you're going to get a lot of the redacted. And Instead of reading redacted, 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 because I'm lazy, I don't like reading that, I do have my censorship beep on the ready so that you can see how annoying And if you want to go there is the video of this You know look up C.B. uh Tom Brevort, Earth shattering 2020 event empire You could just put empire And it, it'll get you angry It'll trigger you as the kids say While they're shooting hoops Because it's just nonstop beeps And if you're going to have a press conference with beeps You better have a robot doing them And the robot doing the robot Which then could implode the entire galaxy It will star And Against Said Marvel's Editor-in-Chief C.B. Sabolsky. That's legit I'm not You know make it, they're, they're just gonna give you No information And just sentences With You know Some beeps And stuff Empire grows out of a number Of key Marvel stories Including And a bunch of And maybe some And And I had for lunch And On top of Oh that's a crazy launch. Added Marvel's senior VP of publishing, Tom Brevort. So, yeah, you know, he, he might have a salad. He's a little embarrassed about that salad. The redacted quotes from Sobolski and Brevort go on to tease the writer and artist. So the, the, even in this news story that I did get from Newsarama, they're sick of writing redacted. Because, yeah, you also say, oh, what did you ask? Who's going to be writing? Well, of course, we're going to have <laughs> writing it. And then the art really goes hand in hand with. Yeah. So there. I'm going to do a redacted review It's just going to have a big redacted there No score I'll do that for four things a night I will be done my reviews in no time Somehow it will still take me three hours Because I'm a dummy I'm an a** dummy I I can't play that game Uh, Yeah, he goes on and It's going to start December 26th is incoming When that comes And that's the starting point of the story that, like they said in this, one of the things, at least they say it'll be debuting in April. Uh, that's all you're going to get. You're not going to get much more out of that from that news. See, I'm not even... <laughs> and really, my favorite writer of this year, and also my favorite artist was... And my book of the year... I'm just gonna, we'll do the end of the year uh, awards like that. Me and Brandon are planning on doing an end of year award show just to let you guys know. And if it seems like I'm getting a little off track, it's because... It's in the a.m. I'm stepping to the a.m. right now and I am tired and I still have a book to do. And that's what we're going to do. So, yeah, that is the news. It's really news that isn't news, but isn't no news. Good news, says Gary Gnu. But I'm going to go off to the last book that I'm going to be doing, which is Punisher Soviet number two.
1: like hey are you okay now i'm trying to mess with i denim obsession but you know the bills i winning and you're in pockets by yourself so no fun
0: All right, I'm going to finish the podcast with Punisher Soviet Number 2, written by Garth Ennis, pencils by Jason Burroughs, inks by Guillermo Ortego, colors by Nolan Woodard, and letters by Rob Steen. When his family is killed in a hail of mobster bullets, Frank Castle died, and out of the ashes was born the vigilante known as the Punisher. Waging a relentless war against organized crime, the Punisher has pushed countless hard men into their graves and others to the brink. Sexy, right? Previously, someone has been going after Konstantin Princhenko's Russian mob. Their hits are well-planned, methodical, and precise, much like the work of the Punisher. Only Frank Castle didn't make these strikes, which makes him uneasy. Frank recently learned that despite the attacks, Princhenko is doing well and planning to go legit, which cannot be allowed. And it cannot be allowed because he'll disappear Frank wants to kill him He wants to moita him before that After one successful disruption Frank planned a hit uh, To a known hangout of Perchenko's men However, when Frank got there He found them all dead And their killer is not terribly surprised To meet the Punisher And he even says, hey, you Frank Castle. They call you the Punisher I'm Valerie Stepanovich They don't call me anything And Frank says, yeah, because they think you're me Yeah, kind of, he says And yeah, but that's what I'm doing. I want to put all of these mobsters in the ground, but not Pranchenko. I want to make him suffer. And that's something that he keeps mentioning. And actually, by the end, makes Frank promise, you won't kill Pranchenko. Leave him for me. It's uh, it's personal. And I'm going to do to him a lot of bad things. I'm going to get medieval on his Batinsky is what he may say Because he's Russian And that's how Russians talk um, But you end up having cops show up And this Valerie says Let's go to the roof Let's take this to the roof See what's going on Scope out the situation And this is where you you do get A lot of kind of cool vibes here Especially the Punisher deal And yeah, Garth Ennis He's known for Punisher One of the things And he shows it He knows the character He knows how to write him And he knows how to do These little things with it Where he even says when you know you end up Frank saying Oh you know I I think that I trust this guy Not fully but I trust him enough Because he turned his back to me He did this he did that Like he knows what the world Through the eyes of a Punisher should be And you get to kind of go along for the ride here Now with that This issue is very quick uh, By the time it's over You're amazed that it went that fast Now that usually means good or bad It usually means that Either that it's written so well that you're taken in, you're going, and, oh, man, it's over. I I just got into this. Or there's not much going on, and so you end up going. Uh, It's more of the former. There's stuff going on here, and it's cool. But by the end, I just sat there and said, I I, I need more Punisher. I want to have more Frank. Yeah, we're getting in his mind. We're seeing what kind of makes him ticker, how he looks at the world a bit, which is fun. But we're spending a lot of time with valerie here valerie who ended up in afghanistan in the soviet afghan war uh which at a point kind of centers around the 1987 a year that's two years before it was over so you're getting in the later half and with that it makes sense because what valerie describes of the soviet afghan war on the soviet side is that it was pretty much mayhem strongest survive the right may might makes right stuff you know like that where It was pretty much just lawlessness based on, you know, bullies leading the charge and things and missions being set up by people who shouldn't be and and being pretty awful. Now, I I ended up meeting a guy who was part of the Soviet-Afghan war. He was a Russian who ended up working in my old work. He ended up working on the garage that was connected, and he told me stories about the Soviet-Afghan war and where this issue gets graphic. It does have some language that's, you know, a little over the top if you're not used to that, but it is Punisher and it is a Max book. It's a Marvel Max book. But what they're describing here, I've heard very similar stories with the guy, uh, Anatoly, his name was. uh, He ended up telling me and my buddy Pete and even to the point where I think he was saying that they went like half a year without shoes and you have to like wrap rags around his feet. And a lot of the guys like lost their toes and things and feet because of frostbite, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so they end up on the roof and they're looking to see these cops who just showed up. But then the cops give way when you end up having Prochenko's special forces show up. You know, one of those where this is our place. We're going to see who's attacking our people. And they do go in. Even looks like they're paying off the police. They hand them an envelope. I don't think these two guys are pen pals. They might be. I don't think so. Uh, but we, we're not going to find that out. We're going to have to assume that they are pen pals. And they just haven't been able to, The guy didn't mail the letter the last time. And it's a shame because the cop, uh, he always looks forward to getting that letter from possibly Sergey there but you end up having these special forces go in to take care of whoever's been killing Pachenko's men uh they assume that it's the punisher you're you're pretty sure um and that's where you have valerie's like hey you want to go down and and kill some people you want to go have some fun and just start slaughtering these pieces of crap and she's like all right and that's the one thing and again it's punisher the one thing coming over to marvel by being a You know longer dc guy and having a podcast For dc a long time Where you would end up at dc This scene Happening where you would have Whoever it would be go down into This warehouse and Knock some people out maybe Convince some people to stop shooting And what i do like Is you have a punisher book He's going to kill people, and you go down, and he does. And last issue we saw, he ended up using that C4 to just blow up a whole warehouse full of people. This is a little more personal where they're shooting guns. You do have Frank talking about the type of fire, the burst fire. And it's funny, too, because if this book would have come out you know, years and years and years, and I'm talking years ago, you would have that idea of, oh, man, you know, this guy has the burst fire, and this guy – People be like, I don't understand that. But with, you know, Call of Duty and those sort of games, you know what they're talking about. So Frank's like, oh man, that's old school. You know, he ends up doing fire bursts the way that uh, Kalashnikov intended. So there's dialogue that fits. There's dialogue that gives you the flavor here. I don't know. It's just not my style, a lot of this, but I do like the dialogue between Frank. And Mallory, we just don't get enough Punisher, like I said I'm going to keep saying that until we get to the end And we're almost at the end it, it, There's not much going on You even have a, a thing where this one kid, he looks young Part of these special forces uh, He can't fire his gun He's having the jitters And the guy next to him is like Are you going to f and shoot you a blank dude?" And he's like, no, no, no And that's where Frank ends up getting out a grenade Throwing one, two grenades. Throws one over to Valerie, and they both throw the grenades at this kid and this other guy. They land, and these guys are dead. D E D dead, and this they are wrong. just obliterated. Then it is wrong. I agree. Uh, I should do that. Like, and then they shoot the guy in the head. Oh my! Uh, but yeah, so they they just rip apart everybody. They kill at one point. Frank just goes around and looks like he's just shooting dead bodies just for the practice, you know. Oh man, I can't stand it. Uh but yeah, you know, they they clean up a little, not clean up, but clean up by going, making showing everybody's dead. Again, a smart thing. They get in the car and they're gonna go off to hang, where you end up having Valerie. He's drinking the vodka, you know, a little cliche, a little stereotype, but hey, what works for Valerie is up to Valerie. And he starts talking about the Soviet Afghan war leading to also prochenko and just all about these things. But it's like, it's just too much Valerie, too much minutiae of the war and not enough Punisher. I do like before that though, they're eating ramen, they're eating Chinese food and they're talking about, you know, different territories and things and how he ended up not really thinking at a point that, Punisher was going to get blamed, but now it makes sense to him. He's like, yeah, I I guess it would make sense a guy because they're both good. They're both killing is their business and business is is really good. Uh, But when they're doing this, you even have where you get this, like the beginning is good. Valerie's talking about, well, he wants to get Pachenko and how he's going to do it is he was going to whittle down his men. He was going to whittle down all the people that Pachenko had around him by Killing two or three guys here to make it look like a drug bust gone bad. Then he'd kill one the next day, making it look like that guy got hit by a car. Then he, you know, eventually then got his feet going, he got everything going, and he's now all out war. But once you hit all out war with technical strikes all around, especially this guy kind of knows that Punisher has him in his sights where they're going to blame Punisher, which is fine at that point for Valerie because he's like, hey, no fuss, no muss for me. I'm just going down with the thing, and I'm going to go. Uh, but you then have Valerie start talking about Afghanistan, and you get page after page of it, and it's it's got some flavor to it. It ends up you know, kind of giving you the beginnings of what, but even that, by the end, you want to end up like, just tell us what Porchenko did because he ends up being his commanding officer at a point, in the Soviet Afghan War, and it's like, and, and wait till you hear what he did. But we're there. At one point, you have a page where Vara like, "Yeah, you would have liked the guys that I served with. You know, the company. It's three sixtieth Regiment. We're a bunch of mother's sons. There was Victor and Stinky Joe, and this is the real dialogue. <laughs> Victor and Stinky Joe and me, and and Vladisov and Klatrio and Sergey Fyedov, the little big man. Like I, I I don't know what you're doing here." Uh, yes, maybe I'm not aware, and these guys were in another book, or this is something that's called it really, though. You, you're going to talk about Stinky Joe. I, I want to know about killing Frank, not Stinky Joe. You know, now, though, I want to know why he's called Stinky Joe. Is it because he always kept an onion in his back pocket, which was the style of the time back in '87? Is it, or maybe his, his boots stink? Is he doesn't have the dr shoals in there i have stinky feet so i know what that is like i know you know the embarrassment of walking through life with a stinkier foot but you know stinky joe and little big man they just waste time so then you end up where you go back you know hey and and we sit around and and we curse a lot and, and say awful things about that's all you get and so you end up then when Prochenko is in Konstantin Prochenko showed up, lieutenant colonel, and he he was our commanding officer. But we were special forces. So if you don't bother us, we don't bother you. You know, he was an administrator. We That's what you call a renth. I'm just like, well, what's going on? Well, where's the punisher? Pick up a gun, Frank. Go kill somebody while he's doing this. I need something to be going on. And it ends up. As, you know, like a nice flavor, maybe. Uh, it's well-written, but well-written isn't going to make me excited about just sitting there thinking about Stinky Joe. I don't need that. They used to call me Batman, and now they call me Stinky Joe. And so you end up, and it's like to be continued. And this is where I said, like, what? We're done? We barely got any Punisher. And so it's it was a little disappointing. I liked the first issue. The first issue Boy, it had the ultraviolence, it had all that stuff But it didn't really have much of a story either yet The big thing then was Pachenko uh, He's going to end up retiring When he retires, he's going to be gone like the wind He's going to be ghost And so, you know, the only thing that you could do when he's a ghost Is get whoopy to start making out And then you get the ghost then, I guess uh, But yeah, by the end of this I was disappointed Six out of ten, I do like the art all that, but a disappointment because I'm really excited about this. And when I ended up reading that first issue and liked it, I ended up talking to people in the Fresh Start Crew. And if you're not aware, we have a Slack channel that the people on the Patreon go to. I mention it more on the DC side of things, but they go in, and a couple of people had suggested, Hey, if you like this, Garth Ennis, you, sh- you should end up really reading his other Punisher stuff. So I have. And so when I went back, read a bunch of issues, really, really enjoyed it. And then I get to this thinking, all right, this is my jam now. And when I get to this, I'm left kind of like, well, this is kind of the most boring issue of any now that I've read, including the ones that I went back on. So I hope it picks up. I hope that next issue kind of, you know, gets us moving, gets us moving towards more Frank doing things. And, And, you know, maybe Frank with You know, Valerie, I don't mind that. The little bit that we got in this was pretty cool where they talk and even have Frank sort of admiring Valerie at a point, uh, but just not enough. So six out of 10. If you ended up reading it and you like it a little more, again, you know, get a hold of me and we could talk about it. You can tell me why. Maybe there's some call outs that I didn't see, things like that. I'm not going to pretend that I'm a a know-it-all. I am not. I really am not even close to that. I'm a know-it-some-things. Is that one? I'm going to know it little, is what I am. But that's it. That's it for the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that I wasn't too goofy for you because it is late. I mean, it's real, real late and I'm very tired, but I wanted to get this up for Friday. So if you're at work listening to this, a little shout out to the working people of the country and the world, wherever you're listening to this. I'll be working as well. Who knows if Eric will be. I do work with Eric, but do I? If, if Eric doesn't come to work then and a tree falls in the forest, does anybody hear him clocking in? I don't think so. But that's it. And thank you. Uh, just check out our Patreon if you'd like to rate and review our podcast. If you are so inclined to do that and send me a note, say hi, and let me know what you like or don't like about the podcast. But thanks, everybody. And I'm going to go now to go to bed.